This is Adapting, the future of Jewish education, a podcast from the Jewish Education Project, where we explore the big questions, challenges, and successes that define Jewish education. I'm David Breifman. Hi, everybody, and we're recording today's episode of Adapting on October 9th, 2023. And if you, like me, have been glued to your screens for the last 48 hours, I'm sure you're filled with as much devastation and sorrow as I am. Unfortunately, this situation is really not new to many of us. We've been through things that seem like this in the past, and yet many of us also know deep down that this is very different to anything that we've experienced before. Before I continue this episode of adapting and hopefully offer a few words to Jewish educators and stakeholders, possibly even a bit of inspiration moving forward, I want to just start by saying that right now, more than anything else, please reach out to your Israeli friends, your Israeli colleagues, check in on them, let them know that you're thinking about them. If Jewish education has an essence at all, it's possibly about relationships and now is the time for all of us to remember those relationships and hold them dear but also to let people know that we are thinking about them, that they're not alone, and this is indeed a struggle that we're all going through together. So like everyone else, our Jewish educators, and here I'm not making any distinction about where they work, what age group they work with at all, they've all been, we've all been glued to our screens and just watched this devastation transpiring in the south of Israel, now even seeing skirmishes in the north of Israel, and it's, it's just getting worse and worse every single day. And I imagine, like myself, that many of you have shed tears. You've been frantically texting friends and relatives. I've been reaching out to former colleagues, shlichim, Israelis that I've met along the journey, just to check in on them, see how they're doing, and hope and pray that their loved ones are not some of the dead, injured, missing, or those taken hostage. And as educators, we all go through those emotions like everybody else. And teachers, you all know this, that it's hard to do the next thing, and that is turn up in front of your students and just to wipe away those tears and, and just to set foot in that classroom after such a calamity. I've been in this situation myself. I've been there trying to rehearse the first words that I will say to those students. I, like many of you, have tried to valiantly keep it all together, somehow believing that not crying in front of them was some sort of courageous thing to do because I didn't want to show any fear or instill further fear in my students. And then I know and you know that something happens when you get in front of those kids for the first time that you flick on this imaginary switch in your minds and all of a sudden you go into like some sort of overdrive or even some form of autopilot and you do what you just need to do. It's crazy that educators are able to compartmentalize themselves like this. I'm not even sure it's the healthiest thing for us to be doing, but we all know that we need to be doing it. And we sit there and we answer the kids' questions. Some of them are surprising crazy. Some of them don't make any sense, but we honor each child and we honor the questions that they're asking as best we can to answer them. And we realize, and it doesn't take very long for us to realize that sometimes the questions they're asking are actually not about the questions themselves. They might ask you a question about a fence or a border or security, 
And you might think all of a sudden they're trying to get you to talk about maps and what happened in 67 and and the long history of Hamas and Israeli-Palestinian relationships. And what they're, they're really asking you is about their own sense of safety and security and family and home. And we do our best to recognize where they're at and talk to these kids in the way that they're able to receive the messages that we want to share with them. I remember the first time that I tried to hold back tears in a classroom and (laughs) I didn't actually succeed. It was an eighth grade class in a Jewish day school in Australia and it was two days after the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin. And as I began to talk about Yitzhak Rabin and what he meant to me at the time, I couldn't hold back those tears, but what was most surprising and frustrating and angering for me was that these eighth grade kids, 13, 14-year-old kids, didn't understand why I was crying and why someone so far away from me meant so much to me. And I struggled to explain it to them then, as I imagine many of you educators will struggle now to explain why events taking place are so important to you as well. It doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. I don't regret crying for a minute, and I imagine many of you will shed tears as well. But it's what comes next, I guess, that's um, really significant, because you're going to bring out your maps, and you're going to sing songs or display flags, maybe even show some footage. You're going to make some choices that not everyone agrees with, but you're going to do what you think is best. Remember, though, that those students coming into your classrooms, into your summer camps or your youth movements or your Hebrew schools, your congregational settings, they don't come to you with a blank slate. They've got families and they've got parents. And you want to make sure along this educational process that you're bringing all of these stakeholders along with you because they really, really matter. And we can't be doing this alone as Jewish educators. A couple of things just to remember, really important for all of us. Education has and always will be about what some people call the ABCs of education, the affective, behavioral, and cognitive aspects, the doing, the believing, the feeling. And it's really important for us to understand that when we're talking about what's taking place in Israel today, there is what to know, there's what to feel, and there will also be what to do and that all of us are committed to all three aspects of education in the ways that we know best. A former colleague and teacher of mine, Sid Weissman, also spoke about adding a fourth dimension, belonging. And perhaps now more than ever, it's not just the ABCs, the affective, behavioral, and cognitive aspects, but also the belonging, which is as important, maybe even more critical today than ever before. So for the educators out there, do what you do best. Have faith in your ability to be strong, but also to believe in yourself as as pedagogues, as educators who know what to do in these difficult times because above all else, you know who your learners are and what they need most from you. If you're listening to this podcast and you are not actually the educator, but you're a principal or you're a headmaster or a CEO or an executive director or a rabbi or even a board member, please, please offer every bit of support to your educators to do what they are supposed to be doing right now. 
and also check in on them. Make sure you give them a time to explore and experience and and share their emotions because they're going through this all as well. But you need to give them that space so that they have enough power and energy to flick that switch and become the energizers, become the, the people in the classrooms that they're supposed to be doing. If you're in that space, make sure you're giving your educators the power and the strength to be able to do what they are meant to be doing. Give them time to grieve and to hug and then to grant them the chizuk, the strength to do what they do best, to be there for all of our children. And then don't be surprised if once they leave that lesson or that peola or that program or their activity, you find that educator just weeping uncontrollably as they're once again consumed by the immense sorrow that all of us are experiencing. Our Jewish educators have been referred to over the last few years specifically as our heroes, as some of the beacons of our world, but they're also human beings as well. And for those of you who have been there, you know that once you give your everything into a classroom setting, once you give all your energy, you finish that lesson, the bell rings, you walk out, the emotional drain afterwards is just enormous. And then you just need that time for yourselves as well. We at the Jewish Education Project, along with all of our partners, and over the last few days, the list is too long to even mention the number of organizations and friends and colleagues who we've been in contact with, are here for all of you. We're here to give educators everything that they need to be able to get through these difficult days. We realize, and this is perhaps the biggest difference between anything that any of us have experienced before, is that this conflict is not going to be over in the short term. This is going to be a long haul. But we're out here to give you what you need to be able to be the best versions of yourselves. You're able to go onto our website, educator.jewishedproject.org, to get all of the resources that you might need to help you to be able to teach. We'll also be listing ongoing webinars, professional development, network opportunities for people to get together. And we're also going to be offering almost counseling services for any educator who just needs someone to talk to about what they're experiencing and going through as well. Believe me, this is the adapting episode I never wanted to do. It's the first one where we actually haven't interviewed anybody else, but I wanted to be able just to speak to anyone who's listening out there and just say that we at the Jewish Education Project, the Jewish world, are indebted to everything that you're doing today and that you will be doing tomorrow. Our hearts are deeply grieving for everything that's taking place in Israel and the region, and whatever is your practice, pray give donations, talk to your friends, whatever you need to be doing right now, also that we can hope for an end to this conflict and ultimately that there will be peace again in the world. Thank you everyone for listening today. Thanks as always to all of our sponsors and supporters, especially our friends at UJA Federation of New York and to everybody who helped make this episode of Adapting possible today. Thank you. Today's episode of Adapting was produced by Dina Nussenbaum and Miranda Lapidas. The show's executive producers are myself, Karen Cummins, and Nessa Lieben, and our show is engineered and edited by Nathan J. Vaughan of NJB Media. If you enjoyed Adapting this season, this episode in particular, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, leave a comment as well, and even better still, share it with a friend, maybe a clergy member friend of yours who has connections with Jewish education in their congregation as well. To learn more about the Jewish Education Project, please visit us at jewishedproject.org. There you can learn more about our mission, history, staff, and some of the many programs that we offer. 
And as always, we are a proud partner of UJA Federation of New York. Thanks as always for listening today.